Welcome to Real and Raw. Your story is your medicine. The podcast with Letizia. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Real and Raw podcast with your host Letizia. And today I'm so happy and excited. I have a dear sister of mine with me. Her name is Spila. And um, she's a dear sister that we met like almost two years ago. Yeah, maybe one and a half years ago back in Bali. And yeah, she's going to be here sharing her incredible story. And I'm so excited to get into it. Um, But before we go more into your story and everything, I just want to give it to you so you can introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you? And yeah, just anything you want to share. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for the nice intro. And yeah, where am I? I am in Bali for the last two years and four months. Um, I've been cocooned in this bubble through the whole craziness of the world. But I had like eternal craziness which was actually um quite um what how could i put it it brought me more to myself and it was actually a gift in disguise like camouflaged in a very you could say a traumatic experience but um beautifully held i think we're gonna talk more about that um yeah otherwise uh, my native country is slovenia and um, but Bali especially the city Ubud feels like home (laughs) I think yeah you can connect with that and yeah when when I met you it was an instant connection like soul sister I was like yeah like I want to like hang out with you more but then life happened and but we are still connected like in spirit and yeah super grateful for you and that I'm here today sharing my story yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's such an honor to have you here. And I just I was just brought back. I kind of like feel like I want to share that. Yeah, and it's so interesting because I thought, you know, especially the time we were in Bali, you know, through all the craziness, you know, because no no new people were coming in. So it's like you kind of knew everyone on the island, more or less. But then it was mm. so interesting because I met you like that was I think in September. I think, right? It was before I moved away from Ubud, before I moved to Ahmed, right? And so I was like, oh, wow, like, how come we haven't met before, (laughs) right? And so I remember it was there in that, oh, what was the name of that, of the restaurant? Healthy Ubud. Healthy Ubud. Oh, my God. You see, like, oh, my God, I forget. I remember. Uh, Yeah, of course you do. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that was really beautiful. It's true. I had the same, like this instant connection. And um, and I remember then when I had like my my goodbye party when I left Ubud. Um, Joanna, she said, like, oh, can a friend of mine come with me? My roommate. And I was like, who is it? And she's like, Espila. I was like, oh, of course you can. <laughs> so that was amazing. And yeah, so that's kind of how we met back in Bali, back in those days. And um, yeah, and actually then from there, I remember like we, um, that was in October. I I still remember actually that day, like, and I want to give it to you then, you know, so you can share your story, like what happened. And, um, but yeah, I just, 
I still remember that very clearly, especially I remember even where I still was. I was at Zest and I think it was then when I really was craving waffles. So I went to, to Bella <laughs> and their waffle, their, their iron, waffle iron was broken as always. And so I was like, where can I get waffles? And so I thought, oh man, like, and, and Zest didn't have them anymore. So I went there and I had like this smoothie bowl. Anyways, but then I remember ha- receiving your message or like see- seeing your message on, on Facebook. And um, yeah, I'm just going to give it to you because I could go on and on and talk about my memories. But um, yeah, I just want to give it to you and that you can share a little bit context and anything that you want to share about what happened and yeah, what you've been going through in this last almost two years. Yeah, in the last, what, 16 months? So, um, hmm. yeah, so I think, yeah, it happened on the October 18th, 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm trying, um, okay. Feels like, okay, I'm gonna tell it again, um, but yeah, voice has power as well, so the more you talk about it, uh, the easier it is. So I was driving, um, like I was one week in bed before that day. I had some sort of, uh, I don't know what it was, but I couldn't leave my bed for a week. And then finally I gathered the strength and I was like, it was a beautiful morning, sunny Sunday, 7 a.m. And I was, I said, I'm going to go to the market to buy my fruits with, a, with my scooter. And, you know, um, so I go down, I say to my flatmates, yes, finally, you know, like finally I can go out. And I sat on my bike, super grateful, drive through the, on the road, like the freshness in the air was there. I felt so grateful and happy that where I am and everything. So I got to the market and um, got my fruits and then, yeah, then I decided to drive back, but something was telling me like, go to the ridge walk, you know, like go for a walk there. And then my Virgo mind was like, no, just go back home, put the fruits away and then go back. And um, then I took that call. I went home and uh, while I was driving, back on that road um like i don't know five minutes before i could reach my uh, home um two guys on a motorbike um they approached me and i felt like this danger in your field you know you know what's happening but uh, you cannot really react like i was in fight or flight mode so they came super close and I had my phone in my backpack um, side pocket. So it was quite visible and I've heard stories and I knew, oh shit, it's happening to me. But I, I froze, you know, I couldn't do anything. Um, I just like tried to avoid them and went on the left side of the road more with my scooter. And, um, you know, while we were driving, it was just like this energy when you just couldn't like I I didn't even see where I'm going like I just tried to avoid them and then one of the guys grabbed the phone and left and all of a sudden in front of me was a tree 
So I crashed into a tree and um, while I was crashing there and falling, I was like, no universe, no, why this now? Like I just got out after a week of being inside. Like I cannot like take this. I'm so tired already, you know, like what else do I need to learn? That was my thoughts while I was falling down from the scooter. Um, Yeah, and then I... Um, fell down and I didn't have a phone to call anyone and I couldn't move like this was the first time that happened to me that after I fall I couldn't move my body you know usually okay you fall but you can still somehow get up and you know put yourself together but I couldn't so I was like oh shit this could be serious like why can't I get get up and um yeah then I because it was very painful as well I screamed like I screamed so much, like first from the pain and then just the release and like everything that was happening. And I guess I, with that, then I also was like, okay, I I need someone to help me. So I was screaming for help. And a few local people came from around. And um, then luckily my brain was still quite working. And I could say, like when someone approached me with a phone, I entered the name of the villa where I was staying at and I said, go get Tim and Tim was the owner. So I was like, okay, this is happening. They're going to get him. He's going to come and we have contacts in common. We can call and brainstorm, you know, what's going to happen next. Um, yeah. And so the story is like super long and... Um, I don't know actually how to put it in in you know a few words because I actually wrote a book afterwards about it. Wow, is it finished already? Um it's kind of finished, but I feel like now that I went through the second part I still have right. something to add. Right. Uh, so Yeah, I mean you just feel like whatever feels like good like what you want to share, right? And actually what I wanted to ask is then how in that moment, right, you said like th- that you gave them the, the the name of the villa and everything. And then th- did they come and how, like, did they bring you back home or? Okay. Then- yeah, that, that's a big story. So also I knew I don't have a health insurance or like a travel insurance at that time. So first they were like, we're going to call an ambulance. And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't have the insurance. This will cost a fortune. But then I was like, you know, it's my body. Of course, like if this is what have to happen, call them. And then they were calling two hospitals and they said the first hospital doesn't have an ambulance and the second one was not even opened yet. So I was like, okay, like, and then I was thinking, what if something like life and death situation would happen in that moment? Like there would be no ambulance. Wow. Anyway, and then they didn't. So Tim came in the meantime and... Um, he was like, now you have to, you know, take the decision. Like, I cannot take it for you. And I knew, like, I'm the one who's, um, you know, calling it. So I asked for the scooter lady that's also very, like, a healer and a local that I trusted. I was like, I want her to come here also to take care of the scooter, but also to tell me what to do, kind of, you know. So she came, um, beautiful Balinese woman, um, and she said... Like she touched my spine and I was like, what's happening? And she, she kind of didn't want to say something. She like, she, of course she couldn't like tell, but she knew it's bad. 
and then she was just like I don't know honey you know you you need to decide on your own and um, then another friend came um, with her Sarah my Slovenian friend and Joanne brought the painkillers from the pharmacy so they gave me the painkillers and for me it's like I didn't take a pill for eight years you know since I went to vegan I didn't take anything not even like a pill for the head or nothing like I always had that belief that you know I'm gonna push it through but that time I had to take it you know so that was the first sign of me dropping my old beliefs and um, surrendering into the process so I took the pill and then people were stopping by the road and they because we were there for an hour or more like I was just laying down and um, then at the end I remember there was a pickup truck and I said okay bring me back to the villa so they lifted me Uh, I remember Sarah jumped on the truck with me and like very slowly and gently like carried me there and um, and then down so it was like six people supporting me and then carrying me to the villa because it didn't have the car access so they carried me I was like just laying down and like watching at them feeling their like smelling them the sun was hot they were dripping sweat like we, we and then they carried me to the villa and put me on the bed and then there was my friend Xavier I think you also know him mm-hmm. uh, so he was my teacher at the time my kundalini reiki teacher and I trusted him a lot so and he's also some sort of body worker so he was like okay let me check what's happening and he like I lay down and he moved my body in certain like ways that he could say if something was broken and but I was laying on my spine so he didn't move my spine you know um but he said everything is kind of looks like it works but it hurt like hell you know but I was on painkillers as well so I didn't feel exactly everything um yeah and then we didn't know what is it I was like maybe it's just a strained muscle and it would be good in a few days um so I waited but I couldn't, um, couldn't walk. I couldn't do, like, I couldn't turn on the side by myself. People came and gave me water. Like Sarah was very smart. She got me her second phone so I could like reach out, you know, and um, brought me a baby bottle so I could drink and not spill myself because I was just on my back. Um, And yeah, it was intense. I couldn't do anything by myself. and I was in so much pain. Um, yeah. Wow. Hmm. I, oh my God. I just, I can, I, you know, like relief, like when you explain that, when you share that, I can feel, you know, like that, you know, when you feel really with someone, it's like, I can totally feel it. Wow. Feel the pain. <laughs> <laughs> what? Almost feel the pain, right? Yeah, That's exactly. Like, yeah. like, wow. And then can you, do you remember like what was going through your mind? Like how, what will, like what happened like internally for you as all of that happened Mm, I think I was so much in the shock but the pain brought me so much in the present moment that I couldn't even use my mind so much that I would like think about the future or like you know like what's my next steps I was just like so present and just trying to survive from that like moment but of course people around me like Joanna you know when she came from Changu I think on the second day she was like so is someone coming to check you out and then I had someone coming like an osteopath um to like assess me better or like give me some clues but he 
said he can come like that he's out and he can come in two days so i was kind of okay so i need to wait two days for him to come and she was not happy about it she was like "Mm." and then she was like but at least someone's coming you know but then it was on the day two or three i don't remember it was so painful that even with the help of my friends i couldn't get up from the bed and go to the toilet so i needed to go pee so badly that um that and i was so uncomfortable like i couldn't just do it in the bed and then Joanna and Danica, who were by my side, they were like, you know what, we have to get you a diaper. So Joanna went to the Bintex supermarket, got a diaper, came back, and um, she took the wrong ones. <laughs> she took like too small. I remember they were doing some Caesar MacGyver th- things to put the diaper on me. And I really like, there, there was, of course, a little bit of this. Um, shyness you know like your friends are gonna see your intimate parts and put a diaper on you so it's um very vulnerable state and i never experienced something like that and um i am so glad it was them like they were placed there at the like with their spirits the needs i remember making jokes so i was like oh my god you know i cannot laugh because it hurts so much but she she said like i'm not a gynecologist but i can look i think she said that so it was a lot of kind of like laughter in that intense pain that you almost feel like you're tripping you know so at the end I just closed my eyes and let them do their thing and just surrendered and they put it on and then for the first time in my life or like since I was a baby of course I peed in the diaper I was drinking through a baby bottle so I was like is this like a a rebirth you know And, um, and then that day I was just like, I'm in so much pain, please universe send me someone. I cannot wait for the osteopath to come. And um, then all of a sudden I receive a message on the phone um, from, at that time she was still called PV. Um, she is like, I saw her a couple of times before and she was like, something just told me to check up on you and then I saw what happens because I shared a little bit um, on my Facebook and then people started to talk and she was like I am um, having a she's a yoga teacher as well so she's like I'm offering a class right now but I could come at 7 p.m to like offer you some healing hands if you need it and I was like Ta-da, I just asked the universe for it and here here you are like direct link so I was waiting for her to come, like in my diaper on my bed, mm. move. It's so much pain. Um, and then she entered the room like this, like she's a, she's from. Um, she looks like this Native American woman, but um, I think she's from Philippines originally. Um, anyway, she enters the room with her powerhouse shamanic energy and. I don't know, I saw her like, oh, she's gonna save me, you know, like, and she knew what she's doing. So she stepped to me, she was like, hey, darling, like, how are you doing? And I I just looked at her and I, you know, I didn't even need to say anything. So she started to press into this point, which is um, the pain point of the body. Mm -hmm. And um, like did her things like through her, like she's very connected. So she pressed here and 
pulled the trauma out of my body because my body was actually still frozen and in fight or fright it didn't know that the danger is over that's why right, of course it's getting worse and worse mm-hmm. um, so she did that for me and also massaged then this area so I could release the the air that was in my belly because I was eating for you know already a few days and I didn't go to the toilet so it was all traumatized and stored in in the I don't know the womb or in the intestines Mm -hmm. so it was very funny because when she pressed it I released this air (laughs) it was very long so this is like the memory as well as that we have and yeah then it was yeah this was the most intense moment of of I think the whole journey um but it 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 made a miracle what she did to me um that day because just she and then I asked her what did you do and she said I told your cells in your body that it's safe and you can do that as well like just send energy and create this safety because they were still freaking out like she could feel everything you know yeah yeah that was the first lesson you know talk with your body talk with yourself Mm -hmm. like they Mm -hmm. they hear you they listen to you wow Oh, well, I can imagine it's probably like really like a huge ego death, right? It's like, boom, like being completely vulnerable and like just, you know, right? Just kind of like being, how do you say that? Like, there's, you just, exactly, you just have to surrender, right? Like, there's no more holding on. Like, you just have to like go and, and trust no- that something like somehow, yeah, it will, it will get better but but also I was gonna ask you like have you like can you remember like have you were you afraid did you have that fear of like what could happen or like what you know what it could Mm. be or yeah I think like when the moments when like for example when Joanna told me like so what are you doing right now like you have someone coming then my mind started to work and I was like fuck you know I really need help like I don't know what's happening with my my body and this is like scary and but I still couldn't even use my my rational mind or make plans or like you know it was all happening so intensely and suddenly that I really didn't have this control you know I could do many things at that time I could even I don't know buy an insurance and then fake it and you know all of this corruption thing but then something told me like I was like this is not right if I do this you know Mm. many people were like yeah do it do it do it but I I felt like I don't know I I don't feel it I cannot like I cannot lie about this thing you know yeah and And then uh, and then did you did you then actually go once to doctor like or like after that and what after yeah after she left I fall asleep for the first time I think for a few hours and um when I woke up I was actually laying in my pee at 2 a.m in the morning Mm. and because the diaper leaked or something like it didn't hold and at that time my my mind already created a story I cannot move you know it was not possible f- before you know and I kind of forgot that I had this sleep now and that Wee came and helped me um and then 
you know, I was kind of not hallucinated, but the pain is so strong and then the mind and everything. And then I was just like, okay, you cannot stay the night here in your own pee. Like you need to do something. I couldn't call anyone, you know, everyone was sleeping, of course. Um, and then I was like, okay. I asked the, the spirits, the angels. I was like, you know, let's do it. Let's get up and go to the toilet by ourselves. And <laughs> a part of me, I remember, was like, uh, like, you know, you have this little, like a devil and the angel. And then one part was like, come on, are you serious? Like, you cannot do it. You know, it's like you saw what happened and in dangerous. What if you fall? What if you, you know, what you don't know? And then there was this voice that was like, just do it. We're going to support you. Wow. And, um, and then I actually felt a presence next to me or I don't know, felt imagined. I felt that I have someone holding me and lifting me up. And even like, I just got up. Like I imagined there's someone, of course I helped myself with the hands and everything, but I got up and walked to the toilet for the first time by myself, dropped the diaper and even like, stepped under the shower and washed myself by myself um and then went to bed lay down on the other side that was not you know covered in pee and just like relaxed and I was like oh my god and then it came to me I was like because pee we release the trauma so the cells started to you know feel safe and could hold this even though I felt like I was climbing a Mount Everest and I was so exhausted after I could do it and just the yeah I felt the presence of yeah so from then I kind of feel that my body started to get back to like at least being able to move for a little bit you know even though if it was fucking painful um and then the osteopath came the next day and um he used the tuning fork like touched all my vertebras and he's like, it's like, I don't feel anything, you know, it's not broken. I'm going to do a carniosacrum therapy, osteopathy therapy on you, and you're going to be fine. You're going to come to my house tomorrow and I'm going to, you know, do another therapy and all will be fine. And I was like, okay, that feels like very comforting and like, you know, like I would love it if it will happen, but I don't know why I don't have the feeling that it will. Um and then he left after the first session. Of course, I felt a little bit better. He sent me energy, but you know, for the next session, I was like, I still cannot go there with you. And then he was like, um, I will bring a massage table because I need to get you on the table. So I was like, yeah, I will pay for it. Just put it in a taxi and bring it here. So then he came the second time and he put me on the table. He checked me and he was like, I don't feel anything broken, you know? And then I was standing like for those moments that I could stand at the time in front of the mirror topless and I check and like I could see in my spine that one of the vertebra is like sticking out. And I was like, oh. I was like, Michael, come here like like this. Can you check this again while I was standing, you know, and then he saw it and he was like, OK, I think you should go to the doctor. <laughs> and um, yeah, then the next day. Um, we we went to the hospital 
it, it, it's like even on the trip to the hospital has another story and there's so many stories but I think we can be here all day if I <laughs> hear all of them but um, the most important part uh, we came to the hospital they did an MRI or the CT scan I think CT scan yeah and um, the doctor came back and he said I have one good news and one bad news which one you want to hear first and I was like yeah okay give me the good news first and he's like you don't have any eternal bleeding everything looks normal it's like even like the funny thing is I didn't even have scratch on my body wow um I was on the outside I looked totally okay you know and then I was like, okay, so what's the bad news, you know? And then he showed me the picture of the fracture. And he's like, you have a compressed vertebra T12 and it's dangerous and you need to consult a neurosurgeon because my nerve that, that is connecting the lower part of the body, so the one that's like deciding if you're going to walk, poop, you know, all these basic things was was caught in between these two vertebrae that were compressed and fractured. So if I would be walking too much or doing anything, this could fracture even more and it could cut the nerve and I would be paralyzed. So that's what I found out at that time. Um, But the neurosurgeon was not available at the time. So we had to go back home and, um, then I at least knew what's happening, you know, I send the scans, like my friends send it around to the best surgeons in America, in Europe, and they all told me you need to have a surgery, this is uh, um, unstable fracture, it can like cause you not to be able to walk again. So at that time, I got aware of how serious the situation is. Um, but apart the spiritual part of me and the one that was resisting hospital and everything was still present. So I was like, you know, I want to heal naturally. And I listened to Joe Dispenza's meditation and I was like, if he can do it, I can do it, you know? So I spent like a month in my bed, not being able to walk more than to the toilet and back and, um, trying to healed by myself with my mind and with meditations and by healing of people that were coming into my world um and yeah um it it helped a lot but it didn't change the fact that i needed a surgery so yeah wow (laughs) wow and, and 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 I remember I think I think it was actually right the day before I left I came to visit you it was right the day before or like the day same day I left was yeah surgery right or something it was, like that. yes you came to visit me and we have a beautiful manifestation story as well like when you came to visit me the first time I kind of want to share that one too but yeah you came um, exactly the last day before my surgery. um so yeah so I want to share the manifestation story like it's gonna be short but like you know when I was in that state of receiving and um yeah 
<laughs> I remember like it was already late in the day, but I, I really was craving for a special chocolate from Ubudra with goji berries and mint. And I had that in my mind, like in like I think around noon. And that day I wasn't expecting anyone to come, you know. And I was like, oh, I really want that chocolate. And then I let it go. I was like, okay, you know, it's going to come when it's going to come. And then you messaged me and you were like, hey, I'm just, I think you were like back from Ahmed. I'm in town. Can I come see you? And I was like, usually I don't, you know, have visitor after like six or seven or something. But I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to see her. Uh, and it was super sweet. And then you show up. And you show up with exactly that chocolate. I, like, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, how did you know? Like, <laughs> and then you actually told me that you've been kind of like, yeah, it kind of just came into your field and you picked exactly that chocolate, which is like amazing. Oh, yeah. that's so true. Right. But that was exactly, but that was before, that was before. That was before the last day, yeah. Exactly. That is true. I completely forgot about that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. my book. Huh? It's in my book. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. <sighs> and, and the last day I brought, I remember I brought durian. That was the last yes. time I had durian. For... <laughs> oh, wow. Mm. I miss it. No. Come back. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that's that's so crazy that story. And but I also want to kind of go into like, because now yeah, like one and a half years have passed, and mm-hmm. how like because you said also at the beginning it was like a rebirth, mm. right? How can you like see like what what have you like what are the blessings in the end, right? From mm that like can you see now already like right because a lot of times when things happen in the moment we're like oh why is this happening like this doesn't make any sense but the more time goes by the more it makes sense so I'm wondering like do you already see like the blessings from from that what happened yeah I think like you know even when I crashed and those guys like took my phone and all of that I always knew that this didn't didn't happen for no reason. I always knew that it happened for my spiritual growth, for deepening my connection with the spirit, for actually putting me on the right path. Of course, it was hard to, you know, move through it, but I always had that knowing, like, since the start. And every day, a miracle happened with every person coming into my room and giving me um a teaching or experience or shared something so I felt like I feel like I grew in this time when I was just in my bed and I experienced more than I would if I would be like roaming around outside and so actually the world came into my bed and I was receiving so many messages um like and lessons and um it just changed me as a person and it's hard to say what was the biggest lesson of all but I think looking back it would be just trust and surrender that was the 
the biggest one with a million of little stories that made so much sense and like I felt like a rebirth because I kind of reconstruct my whole I like my idol um how do you say my beliefs and blockages about money as well for example because you know um I was like okay this surgery is now gonna cost me you know and then I I found a surgeon Dr. Golden <laughs> with a nice oh, name I was like someone's gonna operate me it's gonna be Dr. Golden <laughs> and um yeah I got the confirmation so he was a doctor and I explained my situation I said you know like this happened I don't have insurance I would have to pay it by myself or I don't know you know how and he evaluated that the cheapest way that we can get through this is 11,000 euros and of course I didn't have that money you know at that time and like even if I would it would be so hard to you know you know you just yeah yeah it's a lot of money money. um and you know I came from like we never had money in our family like you know since I was growing up so there was this belief you know money doesn't grow on trees you have to earn it and all of these things that most of us kind of have um so that kind of was also a reason why I was postponing with the surgery beside the fact that um I wanted like not to do it and then Danica said well you know let's just do a GoFundMe um she's yeah she's my friend my flatmate at the time and she's like let's just do it like people do it all the time and like they are gathering money for some projects but it's here it's like your life it's like are you gonna walk again or not like people will step together they will support you and I never like got that idea in my head until she said it with so much confidence and like she's like it's done you just say it we're gonna make it and it's done and like her energy was so strong that I I was like okay let's do it and then in a few days we like gathered a a group um, to try to organize the GoFundMe but from Indonesia you actually cannot it doesn't work Um, so at the end my sister that was is living in Australia and also was living at the time she could make it from there and I was like you know I always want to have control over things and like write my own story so I did write a little bit and then she added stuff and um and I was like I'm so tired I cannot you know I cannot do it please please do it for me and she was just like yeah just rest um I will I will make it happen it can be so complicated so she made it and she posted it and I reposted it over um in the evening and then I went to bed and um, and then I woke up in the morning and I, I don't know how much money was already on that GoFundMe, but it was wow. a lot. And I, I was just receiving messages from people from my childhood, from my travels, from like people that I didn't even know. Like they were all sending me money and prayers and um, beautiful like messages that really touched my heart and I could feel all the love coming into my field and I was just like wow you know this is this is like everything and it doesn't it didn't even matter 
how much money they sent yeah. it was it was just the feeling of, of receiving that support and being held and loved that made me feel safe and allowed me to like go into this process um yeah it, it was amazing and you know people that I didn't talk for years and strangers messaged me and at the end, actually, the story, I didn't want that to happen, but my story came to the newspaper in Slovenia. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. Yeah, they were even like reaching out to me, trying to have interview. But, you know, I was not in a state where I could do it. I was so like my energy was limited at the time. And they reached out to my sister and she told me and I was like, I don't want to be, you know, like yeah. if my story comes out from the circles of my, you know, community kind of like I knew there might be some people who are going to judge me because, you know, you're irresponsible, like yeah. you didn't have insurance, now deal with it, you know. Right. And I was afraid of that judgment, you know, you want to be yeah. loved and I'm very sensitive to energy. So I didn't kind of want to expose myself to that um but then they started to even like the new the reporters find out about the story uh, because someone was resharing the GoFundMe and they called my grandfather that still has like a a number in the you know these old books and luckily my mom told him a day before because we were hiding it from him um just because yeah I was afraid how he would react, like how worried he would be and he's, he's old, you know, like, and I didn't want to, yeah, cause him stress. But then mom was like, now it's out, you know, people know, and he's going to find out. So I will tell him. So she told him a day before the newspaper called him. Oh my God. But it's also like, why would they call you grandpa? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I know it's it's not okay. It's, it's not okay, but it happened so he gave the phone yeah. to my mom and um, you know my family my dad had covid at the time like he was barely surviving my mom was super stressed she's like what are we doing wrong in our life that this is happening and um and then i was the one who was like telling her no it's all happening for a reason um you know this is gonna be okay just <laughs> yeah i was the one who was cheering her up in the time when I was actually needing a lot of support yeah. from her as well. But um, yeah, that's something that I moved through. And then she opened up as well later and said, like, you know, it's not that I'm not here to help you. I was just like not able to like it was too much for me. And I could just, you know, have compassion and understand and um, not giving her a hard time about it. Um and um yeah but then she kind of like got support from my cousin she came into the world so they lifted each other up and this is just another proof how much it means the community and support that you get like some direction and so yeah i'm super grateful for my cousin taya that also did that and all my friends that were helping out at the time it was very magical um so yeah and then the money came very soon I think um I don't know how long it took and also my friend Violeta at the time she was like you know what um the doctor said it's urgent we cannot wait anymore I am gonna send them the money and then when the money comes to the 
go find me you're gonna pay me back so she kind of was like she's like i have it you know why not it's and i was so grateful so she sent the money and in a few days i went to um the hospital and we did it and in that time also the funds came so we did cover um the whole cost of the first surgery oh, amazing wow and it's just you know i just got very emotional actually when you shared before right <clears throat> about exactly that community that first like just that and all that you couldn't go to ubud but ubud came to you <laughs> right uh, like magic yeah like knowing there's so much support and and also then when you said like all these people that started to reach out to you like even strangers people you haven't spoken in such a long time and it's like you know when that I think it, it's kind of like you know sad in a way but that's how it is like things need to happen before people actually remember right it's like we're so disconnected and as, as soon as something happens like oh wow it brings us right back right and so it is sad to see that something needs to happen for that to happen but um but it's like wow it's so so powerful and like yeah. knowing actually like how supported we are we're always supported and and even though it seems like we're alone there's no one there it's not true right we, but there is one thing you no know, um we need to ask for it we of need course. to right yeah ask like at least a, a little a little step into that direction yeah. so that the universe yeah. and that it hears you that you know that you're ready to receive the help exactly if i wouldn't say yes to this you know if this wouldn't happen no one would know exactly that is true and also like having the courage to ask for help right and to receive because i think that's also like a really big theme like because we're so conditioned to thinking like, oh, I cannot ask for help, that it means I'm weak. And then also when help comes to actually receive it, right? Like we're so easy to dismiss that. So yeah, like that's that's um, huge. Yeah, and I guess one part of it is that I really didn't have any other choice than to do it. Exactly. Uh, but the second part is, Every time someone brought me water, a glass of water, I said, thank you. And I felt the gratitude. Every time anyone brought me anything or sent me anything, I was so much grateful that it raised that vibration. And I feel that this is what created the momentum of people wanting to give me more and more and more. And it also opened my left side of receiving because it was definitely blocked and not feeling deserving and... So, you know, this journey, like, it happened so I could open also that part of myself. Wow. I get chills when you say that. And yeah, it's true because in the end, gratitude is the frequency of abundance. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was magical, the things that were happening, really. Wow. Oh, mm. wow. I can't imagine. Oh. And, and I'm just now checking. You see here, it's my altar behind me. Oh, with all the cards that you receive all, all the cards all the everything i have yours um here your elephant oh my God. you see remember this one <laughs> wow 
Oh, it's so sweet. That's so beautiful. So I'm keeping, this is my altar. My altar is made from, from the people that, that came into my life and yeah, super grateful. And every time I see this, I come back into that remembrance of what it happened, like what happened and what it brought me and the lessons. Mm. Wow. And also, I guess like, right, that remembrance of like, just from one day of another, things can happen, right? Like nothing is like, there, there is no safety in that sense. We yeah. like, you just never know. And so really not taking life for granted. Definitely. That was also a very big lesson. And even now, you know, when I, like now I'm after the second surgery, when they took out the titanium that I had in my spine. So they, yeah. in operation, they insert 10 titanium screws and two plates to separate the vertebras and create space for the nerve and then after 15 months now I took it out so it's it happened on the 22nd of February at 12 like I had all the tools in wow. and um, super supported mm-hmm. uh, it was it was I wouldn't say um, that it was less painful because you know they cut open again you find they cut all the muscles so the recovery it's kind of the same except that now the bone doesn't need to heal so that part is easier but i'm still like yeah in the process um oh actually i can this was in my spine (laughs) oh my god it's crazy you can actually make it further (laughs) out of that (gasps) exactly i was like should i like build a closet now or something exactly like with the screws that held you together wow that is so crazy i'm like seriously this and if i wouldn't do the surgery now it would stay inside of my spine until the rest of my life and you know people say yeah it's safe to have the titanium kind of the safest metal but i was super sick this last 15 months like my immune system was down i felt my kidneys was overworked you know so I was like, it's now or never, you know, and the doctor said that I can only also do it here because it's like he has special keys. And um, so I was like, okay, the Uh universe, tell me, you know, like I was, uh, of course, I was afraid again, like I'm still a human. Um, I didn't want to die like the first time. Um, And then I was like, also my passport expired and I didn't know if I will be able to stay here and do the surgery because I need recovery as well. So then everyone was like, you cannot get a passport because we don't have an embassy in Indonesia at all. So the closest embassy is, yeah, it's in Australia. Oh my God. So they were saying, sorry, there's no way that you can get a passport. And then I told them I have an important surgery to do. And if like, I I need to do it now because otherwise it can be too late and the surgery can be more risky. And then they um, agreed to send me an emergency one year passport, which I just received. Um, Yeah, so when that happened, when they gave me confirmation, I was like, okay, that's a sign that I can stay here and do the process. If it would be complicated, if it wouldn't flow, then I would be like, okay, maybe something bad can happen in the surgery. So I wouldn't. So 
it was stressful but at the end i was just like okay i'm gonna surrender again you know that's my biggest lesson what else do what else to do and um yeah and it happened as it had to so wow so crazy so many things and also like of course it's it's beautiful to have all the community there right but still like being you know you're in a foreign country in a foreign Mm -hmm. continent far away from your family and it's still you know like yeah but yeah I kind of decided you know like I could go home um and kind of do the surgery there but I was like I want the same surgery and put it in Mm -hmm. take it out like I don't trust anyone else and even if I had to pay now again like I had to pay 7,000 euros it was less than the first time but and people were like yeah just do another GoFundMe but it's like no it's okay I'm gonna you know I'm gonna do it myself and I was like and after this I'm done with my money karma and you know it's just the flow I give it it will come back and I know this is how it works and I I invested in my body like what else is there more important than your health because if I cannot walk I cannot enjoy anything you know so um yeah so luckily I could work a little bit in between I went back to my photo shootings, um, got even more aligned, more connected, made even more amazing images because I dropped all my beliefs and I allowed everyone to be as they are. Um, And yeah, yeah, I'm proud of myself. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I'm so proud of you too. I mean, because, you know, like having like, kind of like, it felt like, you know, like really being there with you, like from mm-hmm. from the beginning until now, like seeing every like progress, you know, like and then the surgery and then this and then that, like really seeing you in that. It's just wow, like how you always did that with always so much grace and like so much gratitude and so much trust. It's it really is super inspiring. And because I feel like not everyone has that deep trust. And yeah, it was just so beautiful to to observe that. And and also, yeah, like talking about the photography, like it's just, you know, your photography, like it really speaks stories. Mm. Like you can see and you can see the the person who is being photographed. It's like you, you just know how to capture the essence and the soul of of the people. So that's so beautiful. Thank you for seeing that. Mm. And yeah, it's also like when I take photos, I I never prepare. <laughs> I never prepare. I just set the intention, and I I just I just am, and then something leads me, and it happens, and always always something beautiful happens. Like yeah, um, yeah it's quite a journey and it's not finished yet like now I'm on the second recovery discovering new ways to heal myself to connect myself more with the body and everything so yeah like I'm learning every day I feel this subud really gave me like it's like yeah I used to say that we are like in Hogwarts you know being schooled to go out in the world and it's been pretty hardcore school yeah yeah and it really gives you what you need it's like yeah 
and the support of course amazing like people here all you know in like good people good hearts all trying to help um, being there for for one another yeah and also i had to then um at some point like also deal with that not to take too much in you know and um, set my boundaries so that was a yeah. big um, challenge as well and um, yeah so many lessons I felt like everything just dropped in me and I'm still learning and yeah amazing wow yeah it's it's so amazing to hear that like and you know, like, because we're actually, we're coming actually to the end. We've been talking for an hour already and I would love to keep on talking because there's so much more that I kind of want to talk to. I know. I was like, you know. Right. Also because I feel like, you know, it's been so long since we've actually seen each other and it's, you know, it's so beautiful to to connect with you again. Like, you know, and I I hope and I know we're going to see each other again one day. Definitely. Wherever that will be. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so before coming to the end I wanted to still ask like is there anything else that you feel like you want to share anything you might, might want to like like share with the listeners about what you've learned maybe or just any any wisdom any guidance that you want to want to share oh my god <laughs> yeah I I thought about it a lot, you know, this is something that many people ask me and I'm telling them like, yeah, there, there's a wisdom that came every day. That's why I had to write this book down and I can't wait that it comes out and I can actually just, hello, here you are, read it. Um, but if I would have to like choose one thing, um, yeah, just know that whatever happens, the universe always has your back when you ask for it, you know, like to trust the process, even if it's like fucking painful and it looks like your world is crashing down. Just know that there is a bigger picture behind it. Like there is something good waiting for you on the other side. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And and actually, you know, I just, something just came, I saw this very beautiful um, quote the other day. And well, actually, you know, already like my, my philosophy teacher back in, when I did my yoga teacher training, he always said like, we have to imagine the universe like this big mother, like this caring, nourishing mother. And she always just gives us what we can handle. Yes. And And even though it might be, you know, difficult, but it's still there to actually move us forward. And, and so just the other day, I, I saw this quote. Um, and I just felt like sharing this because I feel like it's, it really just also really aligns with what you just said. And also like your whole story or like with, for everyone, right, that is going through challenging times and difficult times, like always remembering that we are guided. And so it goes like this. Um, It's from Laura Matsu, and it goes like that. The divine will never give you more than you can handle. But what your ego thinks it can handle is different to what your soul knows you can handle. Every difficult experience is an opportunity to grow your soul, 
To grow your soul is to open more deeply to the direct experience of the divine. Your heart is a portal to the infinite, but the walls around it must be cracked open for the light to pour in. Mm. If you allow every difficult experience to crack your heart open, it becomes an opportunity to come closer to your true nature, a divine child of God. It becomes, yeah. All of your challenges were designed exactly for you. They are exactly what was needed to make you realize the love that you are. Wow. This is such a beautiful capture of everything that I'm feeling, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it just came to me now. I thought I want to share that with you because exactly, like, it's what you just, yeah, described also. It's powerful. powerful. Yeah, exactly. And it's just that, like, our ego doesn't know what our soul can actually handle. And yeah. Oh man, wow. I would love to, yeah, keep on talking and hear more about that. But you have your beautiful book. So do you already know when it's going to come out? And um, is it in English, actually? It's in English. Okay. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I kind of finished it, but now I need an editor because, you know, when you have your baby, it's hard to cut some things out or like make it more readable. Like, you know i went into this book with my open heart with like such vulnerability i'm not hiding any secrets or keeping anything back there were stories there was love story there was so much happening so it's kind of interesting but i want also like i want someone to give me a good feedback so um it's in the process of coming out um actually one friend just finished reading it the only person who has it um and she's gonna make me a book cover so that's why i actually gave it to her because she can then channel the front page and she's actually gonna come in a couple of days and give me some feedback and um yeah and then i'm just opening my arms to someone who will see my story valuable and worth sharing and yeah maybe help me and like manifest the heart opened editor and um i don't know how it will evolve but i trust and i know it will happen <laughs> totally wow yeah i'm excited to for it to come out i cannot wait to 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 read it and um yeah and also like if you want to share maybe your your social media um i'm gonna put it anyways then in the description so for anyone who is interested in like listening to your story and then wanting to read the book once it comes out and just admiring your beautiful art your photography thank you uh yeah sure i can share my instagram so um one is heart expansion photography where I also share my Bali life and the stories usually. Um, but I recently created a new profile that is just heart expansion, where I share my photos um, like of myself and what's happening a little bit here and there when I get the inspiration. Um, but everything is linked and connected, so you, you will find everything. And yeah, if you're interested, I'm happy to share and yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to put it in the description. Also, if you are in Bali and you look, you're looking for a photographer, she's your woman. 
yeah yeah Uh, well thank you so much for being here for sharing your story and um, it was so good catching up with you seeing you and um, yeah thank you so much Pila thank you for so beautifully um, connecting everything and like it really like felt so natural and beautiful to talk with you have this talk and actually remind myself as well that you know it's a story that it's it is worth sharing and I shouldn't give up on on that and um, yeah thank you for your invitation your beautiful open heart for your presence in my life Uh, you're amazing beautiful soul sister and I cannot wait to like now I'm gonna send you an energetic hug but like one day I'm gonna squeeze you in person soon (laughs) And yeah, I know it would happen. So thank you for for all your work that you're doing as well with the women and circles and your deep shamanic soul. Like, you know, (laughs) thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Oh my God, I just get emotional. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, and also thank you to everyone listening to this podcast. Um, Yeah, we'll talk to you in another episode. Bye-bye.